Welcome to episode 90 of Tactical Crouch, we're a competitive Overwatch podcast. I'm Kick Tripod, joined, of course, by Yiska and Volamel. We've got a lot to talk about today, so we're not going to mess around. Instead, we are going to just jump right in and get into the news. Big thank you to our patron producers, Battle Crab Pin, Wolshin, Charlie L, Audio Compass, Pork Chop, Sammy, Tasha67, Coochie Kopi, Salsa Boy 91, Shara, and Picasso. You that's are... the stuff I was talking about. Like on Spike Trip, that's missing, and now we got our bars back. We got our what there back? You go. Our, our bars. bars. You just gotta, you just gotta spit some hot bars. You know, oh, yeah. let them know that you're eating off rap god. Got it. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, uh, thank you again to our patron producers. If you like the show, go to Patreon.com/slash/TacticalCrouch. We've got a game night coming up. Um, we were going to do it this week originally, but we've actually got a little bit of a surprise episode coming to you on Friday. Uh, on Friday, we're going to be joined by uh, LA Gladiators coach Curry Shot at 2 p.m. Pacific time. So essentially right after Spike Drop, we're going to be turning around doing a show with Curry Shot, talking about the LA Gladiators, their performance so far. Uh, and it's going to be awesome. I, I am going <laughs> to wear my... I mean, you know he's going to. I'm going to wear my Guangzhou... Uh, my Guangzhou curry shot jersey, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, the um, yeah, it's gonna be great. So, uh, that's a Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Give you a little bonus episode this week. Otherwise, of course, this is the preview show. You see it at noon on Mondays, and then, or sorry, the recap show, and then the preview show for Overwatch League is on Wednesday at noon. Speaking of, uh, Schedules, though. Schedules are getting a little bit of a change this week, Joe. Yeah, we've got Thursday, Friday games, and then China plays Saturday, Sunday. Um, seems very bizarre. I'm not entirely sure why. Maybe there's going to be additional schedule changes coming. Um, it seems like they want to catch up. But as it stands right now, it seems like they're just playing the same number of games, just shifted back a couple days, which is a little bizarre. Um, I don't know if that's to accommodate any kind of like travel considerations that, that teams might be going on on the weekend or what, but what time yeah, are the, a little, little strange. What time are the games being played for Asia? Uh, early. Like 1 a.m. Yeah, again? Uh, um, oh, let's see. no, no, no. 1 a.m. Uh, Pacific. Oh, yeah. 1 a.m. Pacific. What? 1 a.m. Pacific would be 3 a.m. my time. And then so they are. I thought, Pacific would be 6 a.m. I thought maybe they were doing it to try and get the the viewership, viewership up, up on those games because yeah. those games okay, were like down in like the 15 to 25,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my thinking as well. But now, like, I didn't even see that it. Wow. Okay. So just no, well, no matches during the day on Saturday. Yeah, they, that is a marathon because Thursday it's 4 a.m. Pacific, which is 7 my time, and then at 9 my time. So it's Eastern for, for those who are wondering. Um, and then Friday it's 7, 9, and like 11 or 12. I don't know. I don't feel like doing math. 
Yeah, it's like a marathon. All right, very cool. Dude, what these times tell me is is that like, hey, to the five guys in Europe that are also watching with me, like, uh, sorry that the Overwatch League can't, can't accommodate us. Um, we're done with Overwatch pretty much like uh, after waking up on a sun uh, Saturday. Very nice. So uh, yeah, just Jesus. in time to not know what happened. And then over the week, where yeah, some people still gotta work. It, like, dude. The first game starts at 1 a.m. for me. No chance. Nope. No chance, dude. Those are VOD games. Uh, do, the, uh, do the Asia times work pretty well for you? Those yeah, are like 10 a.m. and... Uh, but come on. He, does, do you think really he wants to watch Chengdu just clap some kids? Come on. Yeah, I don't think he can handle it. Come on. I don't think he can handle it. Yeah, <laughs> Kind kind of a mystery as as to why we're returning to this. I mean, personally, I kind of I, I do like the fact that I'm I'm dealing with two or three games per day that I can kind of watch at my own pace rather than mm. you know waking up. And uh, so essentially, what I end up doing is I wake up and I watch the highlights of the Asia Asia games as quickly as I can before the mm. uh, the North America games start. And good system, uh, you know, that's kind of like it works fine, but it's a lot of Overwatch to like. Cram into two days. Yep. Uh, so maybe they did it just for us. Maybe. I'd yeah. love that. You know, shout out to Blizzard, whoever, you know, whatever decision maker decided to, you know, give us an easier time. Thank you very much. We appreciate but that. The, somehow I don't think so. The, the consideration for Joe and I and the big f*** you to Yiska. Uh, wait, wait, how does it help you? I don't understand. Where's the help for you? Because it's div it's divided up instead of having because like I can watch a bunch of Saturday and Sunday games. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I don't Sunday. literally have to watch mm. uh, Owl from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah. Saturday and but, Sunday. That'd be great. So, but Joe, for you, it would be in the middle of the day. So if you were a funch functional, mm, self-respecting adult. For me, it's, it's slightly worse than it is for John. For me, it's basically from six onwards until about like 7 a.m. If no, I, if sorry, I, was, I, mean, I mean, the NA games on Thursday. Oh, the NA games. Yeah. It would just be like the evening. I just carve out the evening for Overwatch and that's it. Wait, when, when are they starting for, for oh, me? Yeah, I'm, I'm like from now. seven to like midnight. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. So oh, I'm just watching like PT for 4 PM. Everyone's working, dude. Yeah. I don't know. Like that seems like it, it's, it's very weird. Um, I working I, I, from I home. True. Also quarantined. At least we forget. Wash your hands, kids. Um, I do think there will probably be more games added. I think I'm coming around to the idea that this is going to be like a makeup week and there's going to be more NA games added Saturday sure. and Sunday. Sure. At least for right now, this is a schedule. I think more games are going to be added, yeah. though. I, I agree. With I that. wonder if this helps the like the casting schedule a little bit more, too. It's a good uh, shout too. Like maybe it's a talent thing where somebody has to travel or maybe there's some sort of like consideration that they have to less kind of like dodge travel around. or just like some of these guys are like a Zoe. I, I think specifically the guest, right? Or the, the desk, yeah. right? Cause they don't, they don't rotate that at all. Uh, so yeah, Saturday and rough. Sunday is, yeah. you know, maybe that's another consideration. Possibly, Could be yeah. a lot of things. We don't know at all. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Like the schedule yeah. change. Yeah. Uh, you still get the preview show on Wednesday. Thank goodness we decided to do that instead of like Thursday or Friday preview show. So great foresight on us over here. Um, but yeah, 
that's what's going on. And uh, matches start Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific time at youtube.com slash Overwatch League. All right. Another change we need to talk about before we can get into recapping these games. Uh, Hero pools and um, map. Uh, let me timestamp this really quick. Uh, hero pools and map pools are uh, changing. So starting April 13th for hero pools and April 14th for map pools. So that's today and tomorrow if you're watching or listening to this live. Uh, so hero pools are now determined from hero play rates from high level competitive play matches from the preceding two weeks. Let's stop there. Uh, so they're, they're essentially unifying the hero pools between competitive and Overwatch League. And they are using the competitive play rate data to do that. Uh, if you're not watching the video, Joe gave the first half of that a thumbs up. The Joe, you're I'm trying not- to think of that like keyboard kid that, you know, like the 90s, like GIF, where he's just like, and then just like reversing it the second half of the sentence. Just so like, why? You, you like that they're unifying the hero pools, but you yes. don't like that they're using the ladder play rate no. to use those. Not at all. Tell me more why. I think it, if anything, it should be the opposite. I understand why there could be pushback on that. I think there's already a perception from the kind of ladder community or the more casual, you know, Overwatch fan base where all oh, the games just, you know, tailored to the professional scene. You know, it's all about the Overwatch League. Nobody cares about us. Yada, yada, yada. I think that that would generally appease a lot of different people. Um, I, I'm again, I think that hero pools in general gets in the way of what, what the ladder is intended for. Um, but unfortunately that's just the world that we live in. So somebody has got to bite the bullet and I don't think it should be the people that have paid multi, you know, million dollars that are trying to, you know, compete in this league. Unfortunately, I think it should be the ladder players. I think it should be from the top down. I think you should take the data that you get from the overwatch league and tailor the game to best accommodate them. And try to keep the game as unified as possible. I think that, you know, gives a sense of clarity, gives a sense of what maybe the latter should be focused on. There is, you know, data apparently that supports that it's been comparable to begin with. I obviously we don't have that data. I can only trust that that's actually the case. So hopefully this doesn't really impact things. But the fact that we're already seeing potential bans be put into the pool like we saw yesterday or last night i should say with genji and ash being put into the dps rotation or the dps eligible pool if we're going to call it that um without seeing much if any of playtime obviously we saw a little bit of ash we saw a little bit of genji but nothing that would warrant like banning let's say um in the previous system so that's kind of a a, a downside for me um, I enjoy the the clarity that this gives us, but I also um, am worried that we're going to get some some dead bands. Let's say um, I think Yiska had a great a great uh, good, solution though. to this, um, but why do you think it's good? Dead bands means less impact of the band system. I'm all for that. Uh, Just sure, cancel the band. Okay. Just ban. <sighs> what can you even ban at this point? Just like DPS would be I don't know soldier. Soldier May, that would be sweet. That was never going to happen. But and then, or Ash, I guess, is a good one. Sure. And then like Moira and see, Paul. I'm gonna. I feel like I'm. Cu- I'm not coming around to Paul. hero pools, right? I, my my opinion still stands. But if we're going to actually like let it 
try to prove itself, then we do need to give it like a fair shake. We do need to allow it to try to do its thing, if that makes sense. So having dead bands doesn't doesn't really appease me or appease the function of the system. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm not never going to get get to that point, Joe. I, I'm never going to get I just, that. I, just I actually wanted... hate this change as well that that we're connecting it to the ladder because that means it's so much harder to revert it or extend Hero World. Sure, yes, I agree. Because there's 0% chance that we're going to four-week bans when Genji is banned and nobody has fun for four weeks on DPS on ladder because they're all Genji one tricks. That's We're now further away from getting good games in Overwatch League than we were possibly ever were. And, and, and not to completely derail the subject, but I've, I've recently been playing a slight amount of Rainbow Six Siege, right? And in that game, they do have a ban system. You ban two operators on, you know, per team. The operators are like heroes in Overwatch. And the system doesn't feel all that invasive. And I think that really kind of comes to the, the argument that we kind of, uh, you know, talked about you know shows ago when hero pools were kind of coming in with how this could be operated on ladder the more i look at it the more i you know play other games the more i look at overwatch i think that gives the most freedom to people to be able to kind of choose how they're going to play and i think that's something that blizzard has kind of slowly been taking away from the game is like your freedom they've they've roll locked you they've removed the hero limits you know they've put in hero limits it's it's never been a, a less free time to play overwatch so i think if anything, I would like actual hero bands being put in for the ladder and for the Overwatch League. Leave it at that. Let them figure out how they want to, to play their game. So devil's advocate on a, on a few of these things. So I, I do I do like, to, to Joe's point, I like the tying together of the, the competitive and Overwatch League things. Sure. Whether that's being pulled from competitive or OWL. Uh, I have thoughts on that in a second. But um, they very much... Uh, Let's assume that Blizzard is still committed to the idea of a path to pro. Okay. <laughs> uh, but let's assume uh, they're that committed they are. to something, but let's assume that they are. The path to yeah. pro really starts at, you know, GM top 500, right? Mm. Uh, having that consistent. And I, I'm, I would be willing to guess that this is going to be um, sent through to uh, like contenders and, and trials and open division as well. Uh, so that it's consistent through all of them. If it's yeah, not, of course. yeah, right. So it's going to be consistent through all levels of play. Totally. That makes sense. Uh, that makes sense to me. I, I would, ho- I would hope so. If that's not the case, then what are we doing? Yeah, the the that's, thing that's is, a, um, insane oversight. The the thing is, is regardless on if the hero pool data is similar between high level competitive and Overwatch League and contenders <laughs> is kind of irrelevant like i in what way in in the sense that because the the what is played on ladder is very different um causation that's like that's what that's what causation was yes okay you know and so from that perspective like i i just think it like it for now i think it's probably fine and we're kind of nitpicking over (laughs) something that might not actually ever end up being an issue but they're it's the thing it's the big flaw in all of that thinking of trying to justify this empirically like 
and I can only go off of what Captain Plant said. So they said they looked at the data and, and, uh, of competitive and Overwatch League over the last two years, and they determined that the play rates were about similar, and there are only sometimes these artifacts like Ash, and in those cases it would just be a dead band for Overwatch League, which wouldn't really determine things. <laughs> that d dismisses the point why things are mirroring uh, Overwatch League on ladder. It is because it is played in Overwatch League that is, it is then mirrored on ladder because people want to be good on the things yeah. so they can play it in their contenders matches or in their tryouts or whatever. So they mm -hmm. can play the meta heroes. There aren't that many, hopefully, that many people that are completely playing for fun in, uh, in the relevant um, metadata. So, of course, if you're going down to Masters all the way down, Yes, there's a lot of people playing for fun. There's probably also pl still a lot of play people playing for uh, fun in GM. I hope they don't go that far down in, in taking out the stuff. Now, if it's top 500, you don't understand how metas are conceived. And em empirically, this will tell you nothing. Because we don't have a guiding meta anymore that top 500 can adhere to. So then it just randomizes completely. And... Crucially, the data you have uh, gathered through hero pools from since inception and now is terrible. If you th thought that this was a proof of principle, you are wrong. That is terrible thinking. So that justification, I, I hope there's more to this because this is just so, so dirty thinking. It's actually unreal. Hopefully they didn't didn't come to that conclusion th through these things completely misunderstanding how matters work on ladder and uh pro play yeah, they, like it's not a balanced state thing it is more than half of why people play stuff is because of so social reasons and them inter uh, like interchanging and being interdependent on on the things that happen within the environment you can absolutely very easily think like do you the, think the it goes soldiers all the way down to no. I don't think it goes uh, down. What, sorry, what, what, what do you mean? Do you think that they're pulling the competitive data from Masters players? <sighs> I'm not I, sure. I, I certainly don't. hope My not. guess would be top 500 and maybe top GM. I don't know. Even not then, sure. He I said, like, Captain Planet okay. said that it's, that it's, he promises it's a good cutoff. To me, that suggests hopefully not under top 500. Yeah, in, I think in it should regions. just be anybody who's top 500 and they get their data sent to the Overwatch League and they... Well, they, they don't grab it by the player. They, they grab it by the match, right? You grab sure. it by matches from top 500 players. Not all matches are going to have top 500 players. So presumably any match with top 500 players in it. Or the pick right off type of top 500 players. That's what I'm hoping. And I, then also... I don't know. In which case, by the way, Violet, you have it all in your hands. <laughs> You're a significant uh, amount of these please, that just determined by yourself. But yeah, like I, I really, I don't know if, if they understand how meta is conceived, if that is the case, because it's not, it's really okay. terrible. Let's, let's talk about the other half of this thing um, is there's mm -hmm. no more map pools in competitive play. Uh, but Paris and Horizon Lunar Colony are being removed from competitive until they can be improved for competitive play. So basically, 
they're being they're being removed because they're bad maps, which Sounds I good. think largely is uh, is agreed with. Yes, we know Timothy and YouTube. You like Horizon Lunar Colony, fine. It's not saying everybody doesn't like that they get. Yeah. The, Most the, people would disagree with yeah. you, unfortunately. Yeah, so it makes sense. Fine. I think that this. Like, I like that one, by the way. What the map uh, rotation thing or the map end thing? Yeah, I think I really this is this that, is a yeah. good direction for for things to to move into. But I I find it interesting that Paris has been a thorn in their side. Horizon has been a giant thorn in their side for for it feels like years now. They've reworked that map at least once before, if I remember correctly, and they still haven't got it right. I think this is still more to do with 2CP as a like casual competitive game mode. Hopefully that that kind of caveat makes enough sense where it's not in the Overwatch League. Not specifically talking about the Overwatch League. I'm talking about like playing on the ladder, at least at like a semi-competitive level. Mm-hmm. 2CP is not fun to play. I like it. I like watching it. It's probably one of the more strategic um map types or game types fun to win playing it is one of the most frustrating experiences in gaming i think i love winning in 2cp you like you like crushing people yes stomping but that doesn't matter remove 2cp from the sentence i like winning i like winning in 2cp it's fun you like winning on control too don't you it's one but i like to i like the uh, the snowballing from taking point a to uh, taking point b all at once no one's alt charge or anything just could you extend that to escort as well where you like that because you're avoiding a lot of pain for yourself into attacking B. I also know what it's like to lose two CP, so I like winning yes. two CP better. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I, I feel like when I play two CP and roll, I, it feels good because I don't have to go through the torture. That's that yeah. feels like it's more of a, a relief. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a relief rather than like, wow, that was a great game. It's like, oh God, I didn't get held on temple. Great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's a whole lot to add to this. Um, at least for today, we can kind of keep usually, I think this is a good change. They've identified that again, maps are the problem. We don't need no map. We don't need more maps. We don't need new maps. Just fix the ones that you have. Figure out ways to create Paris and probably change the name. I I was just watching sideshows VOD and I agree with him. Like maybe we just change Paris, just change the name of it, alter it, you know, give it a new like facelift, rebrand it into something else. Like, like he he mentioned, like, like, why don't we just call it Leon? So you're not having Paris Eternal playing on the Paris map and having that kind of confusion. Just, just call it something different. Oh, that's so confusing. Uh, you'd be surprised at what confuses people, man. Hmm. I, I, yeah. I, I don't consider that a confusion at all. I mean, it might not be for you. Or Fusions anybody. and fusion. I know dumb people. To do a okay. podcast with one of them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, really though, is that, by. is that really a yes? Is that that's a needless annoyance that you could easily just change? Uh, simple. You can't change fusions and fusion. That's a player's name and a team name. Like that's that's a big ask. But you can change your map's name. You're not tied to it. Plus, now uh, that it's out of the map pool, you might as well just rebrand it. Just give it know. a new name so it's not as confusing. That, that's it's a like mouthful a, to try and like contextualize in a sentence. A solution in search of a problem that I would much rather they work on just the balance of the map. Yeah, sure. We don't need a marketing design sprint on Barris. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't even have to be that serious. Just call it like Poop Butt Four Twenty. I don't care. Just change the name. 
doesn't have to be like really that thought out about. Yeah. Eiffel Tower too. I don't care. Yeah, sure, chat. Do just do something. Not Paris. Okay. Paris and Paris Eternal. Play Paris on Paris. It sounds dumb. Just change the name. That's that's why. That's the consideration. All right. Poop butt four twenty episode title exactly. Poop butt four twenty. All right. Let's let's uh, talk about a little Overwatch League though then, and that is uh, Xe is uh, returning to South Korea to be treated for some severe neck pain. So uh, for those who have been living in a cave, Xe obviously one of the huge bright points of Paris Eternal's early performances. Uh, we haven't seen him since the team has been uh, managing relatively well, I would say. Uh, the team has been managing without Xe, but uh, he's definitely being missed, and we now finally have a reason to his absence. Hope he gets better soon. I don't really have any other thoughts other than I hope that they can well, continue to. Yeah, I hope they can continue to to play well mm. without Xe, mm. but it's. Uh, it's a tall order, man. He was he was kind of one of those that, you know, especially in the early weeks, you could have considered for some sort of rookie of the year type consideration. Oh, definitely. I think he's probably still in the running, unfortunately, like with hero pools, that's definitely thrown askew into some things. But they've kind of drawn a lucky pick with the hero pool, uh, the hero bands that have, have come out. Um, a lot of his like signature heroes are at least kind of set off to the side for this week. So maybe the absence won't hurt them as much. We'll have to see. So let's, let's just, you know what, let's just jump right in. Let's talk about, let's actually recap this week's episode or this week's matches. We're going to do that. It's 26 minutes. It's 26 minutes. Boom. Uh, saw a lot of games. We actually watched a good chunk of them all together, which is kind of fun. Normally I don't get to join you guys on the weekend for the little watch parties, but I got to this weekend. <clears throat> And mm -hmm. um, what was your uh, what was your guys' thoughts on how teams adapted to the meta this week? I didn't expect the Torb to return, but everything else kind of made sense. I think we kind of talked about how we were thinking. I think we had a good idea setting outside mm -hmm. of scrims of what was going to be played. Mm -hmm. um, I think we I think we identified that double shield was going to be strong, that Rhino Reser was going to be strong. I think it was more of the DPS that was like kind of up for grabs that seemed mm -hmm. very map dependent. I was shocked at the Torb. I was kind of surprised that like Torb, Goats, like Unga Bunga, Russia Down kind of comps were still being played. Um, I still like that actually might be carving out a, a not a small niche, but like a, an archetypal niche and an identity. An an identity niche that teams mm -hmm. could be kind of grasping onto. And I figured that Atlanta was going to be that team, but apparently they weren't. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's kind of like where I was surprised, let's say. Yeah. Especially in the, the week where uh, Brig was available, right? Yeah, exactly. Because I figured Tracer was going to be. And it, it was in many cases, little, right? Little like bit. we, I mean, uh, who was it? Uh, Outlaws, right? Played a, a bunch of. I think uh, Outlaws and Atlanta both played a lot of Tracer Brig, but I, I would, I don't, I have to look, but I don't think that it was played a lot comparatively, like over the weekend. Yeah, that's it's probably true, but there's there's most definitely um like a like a belief thing going on between teams where some teams just think Torp Hardcon does Tracer, Tracer and, then, and then vice versa, and then someone like decay is just not a believer of that at all and just like poops on you when you, when you <laughs> i don't even. identify Dante that, yeah. also uh kind of worked 
Uh, I know, like, I think Dante and Shofo had a short, uh, yep. like, exchange on Twitter about that. Um, oh, did they? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's like, um, like, Dante said something, like, insinuating that maybe Tracer isn't necessarily countered, or maybe that uh, Toronto didn't play it to, to that level. Mm-hmm. And then Shofo said something like, why did you then switch or something? And uh, it was he switched on a very uh, weird point of the map where Tracer is therefore not viable and otherwise played it uh, a lot as far as I can remember. So yeah, um, yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting thing to follow. Just like what the Tracer Torp debate will be, and importantly, um, I think Decay even did it to them without the break. I'm not mistaken. That one week, last week, I don't um, think I'd have to go back and look, but I'm not sure. Yeah, pretty sure so, this was a break. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Um, I think that was kind of a, like a blind side. Then the the double. Uh, sorry, did you? Did you, did you, you know, I th- I know. I think I know what you're talking about. I think it was more of the um where they were placing their armor rather than what heroes they were playing, because I think. Mm-hmm. It was. We, I think we were all under the assumption that like Tracer was getting a lot of the armor, but I don't think Decay was getting a ton of like their the Briggs attention, or, like Dallas's mm-hmm. Briggs attention. I think he was kind of acting solo and just like playing that well. Mm. I I think that might have been it, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm not sure. Yeah. Lucio Moira when Decay played Tracer versus Valiant. Oh, never mind. All right, I'm wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what, what I was thinking. Um, and then, I mean, we talked about it how how that might be a thing, but like some teams played a decent amount of. Uh, Winston Ball, right? And mm-hmm. well, um, I don't have a real overview because, because like the very late matches I m- missed, I'm not mm. sure if they were played there and what their win rate was. But from the ma- matches I've seen, they got actually got pretty, pretty heftily like just smashed. In general, dive didn't seem to work that well. And um, but that like still, I think that. I remember uh, pointing that out as a possibility for for teams to run, and it seemed like it was more played in Asia. But yes. um, again, once again, I'm not sure. I did, didn't for, watch all the games. So, are you are you referencing the like that you like didn't finish Shock Gladiators? Yeah, I didn't. Okay, so Shock Gladiators started with some weird ball stuff, but it was paired with Arisa, which again I thought was very strange. Okay. Like Arisa Ball on Ilios that I think they ran mm. a lot of, and that kind of threw me for a loop, which was completely like devoid of what we've seen basically throughout the rest of the week. Um, but then they kind of moved and and kind of settled into very like familiar compositions on Eichenwald and stuff. Um, interesting match, but for the for the record, it wasn't a ton of dive. Um, and, and I would agree that a lot of the Winston wrecking ball or the wrecking ball Zarya Doom stuff was mostly played in Asia. Mm. Oh yeah, that the one thing that I remember also pointing out in terms of the torp stuff was that it was weird how Fusion was playing the torp and yeah. ATL was playing the tracer, right? Even though we yeah. we sort of pinned the you, you'd torp think it'd be to the yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was interesting to see how that uh, went about. Yep. And tra- like I, uh, that's something like maybe interesting to ask the coaches just how they arrive at these different situations where one team thinks okay starts out thinking okay this is better then switches 
Mm. And then the other team that sort of like semi-invented it or at least brought it uh, into the limelight and played it from the first moment it was played, how they then got away from that. And I think the answer is in the teams they scrimmed against and who they got clapped by. And uh, yeah, it's like seemingly, um, of course, like with two 2CP maps in a map 5 series that kind of shakes up the, the meta discussion anyway. But uh, it seems like um, Fusion had the upper hand in that regard. So mm. interesting to see. Maybe the Torp is slightly better, also very much dependent on maps, of course. Yes, yeah, very much so. So, like, overall, if you had to kind of take a look at all these matches here and just kind of try to assess how teams adapted this week, Joe, who do you think adapted the best? Oh, Philly, without a doubt. I think Philly is still clinging on to... I, I, I would say they're clinging on to Souls coattails. I think that I, I would generally agree now associating them with the Asia teams, but for them to come over to LA, body good teams and, and body them, convincingly defeat them. I think that I would probably still leave them at number one with like an asterisk and saying, yes, we didn't get to see them play some of the best teams in North America. But from what we saw, I think it would be a safe assumption that they would take them at least close, if not win. Whereas Philly is taking or still taking some of the top teams in North America very close, still edging out a win, but taking them very close and, and showing some adaptation. So I think Philly is a strong number two, but I still probably would put Seoul one. Um, I think Philly, especially in the Paris match, showed a lot of adaptation going from their heavy shield break style with Zen Bap and rotating back in Funny Astro. I think Paris did kind of get a little unlucky with be, have, being put on to Paris, but apparently they had a, a good win rate historically. But I think just for this particular meta, it was unfavorable uh, to what they wanted to do. So that was kind of a, an, an unlucky map draw that kind of threw the 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 snowball the the momentum back into Philly's way um and and they they adapted pretty well um and then again versus Atlanta I think they they showed up and, and played very well so yeah I think I would say Philly is the the benefactor of adaptation this week yes good do you agree um hmm. yeah maybe I mean they they also have the most solid uh, win rate in Europol right now I think. Uh, with a representative uh, amount of play, like Seoul, of course, has won right. two hero pool matches, but like hasn't. Uh, I think they both of those came in in one week, right? So it's not really like a, anything that really um, uh, illustrates like adaptability over multiple uh, hero pool types. I also think that. Um, I mean, the the one loss that Philly has probably what was the close one, right? Mm -hmm. Against AT was it against ATL? Was that a no, revenge sure match? Paris, remember Paris? Game oh, against five, Paris. Yeah, true, 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 true. Yeah. And that was then a revenge before. Yeah, yes. Yep. Um, yeah, I I think that's that's probably the the team to shout out. I wouldn't know who else to name. Nobody else really jumped out. Um, I think. Yeah, nobody nobody seemed to like do a ton of adapting. And and I don't think it's necessarily fair to just say like one match out of the weekend was like 
it's tough for the one Enough. matchers, right? Because like yeah. when you, when, especially when you're comparing it against two matchers, because there's mm-hmm. and there's only I think or two, two or three teams that went two and zero on two matches. So the Houston Outlaws yep. were the other one, um, which uh, they, I mean, they played well, and that's good, and it's yeah. exciting to see them win. But they did it against Boston and Toronto, Toronto, who they probably should be beating. Yeah, both and they did. Teams to be who, fair, yeah. So and we talked about it last week, right? Where. Uh, yeah. The Houston Outlaws, in order to like keep any faith there, need to walk away with at least one win, if not two. And they did that at least. They show up. So granted, you know, Toronto, it was, you know, nail biting, but you know, obviously there were some circumstances that made that a little bit more difficult for them than it needed to be. But yeah, they came out with, with wins and yeah. So nah, bottom five. So let's let's talk about teams though that didn't adapt well to this meta. Sure. And I think uh the first one that we have to probably just call out unanimously <sighs> is those Vancouver Titans. They yep. uh going 0 and two. Yeah, going 0 and two. They get swept by Guangzhou and then lose three to one to Chengdu. Uh they they also did it, Yiska, without uh your boy. Hacksaw. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that face. <laughs> what's what's going on in Vancouver? Do you think there, Yiska? I don't know what's what's happening there, but uh, a whatever it is, whatever it is, right? That makes it so that the MVP and the rookie of the season, or in a sensible way to say, like the rookie, the, the MVP of this season, and then the one B of last season, because mm-hmm. calling Huxley a rookie is a little. Um, the Overwatch League rookie of the season. Yeah. Yes, the Overwatch what, League. Whatever the reason is, those two individuals aren't playing. That reason needs to get its shit, its shit together. I'm not sure if it's the same reason. I'm not sure. If it is them personally, if it's uh, like for, for, for San Francisco, it's mobile understandable simply because mm-hmm. they have a sick uh, and deep lineup and sure. they know they are known to rotate that stuff. But then it's on the game because what kind of, of a competition are we where those people can just vanish from in, into thin air after having like super dominant seasons. That's not fun, bro. It's just not fun. It's, and then there's also no way, hopefully, hopefully, that the comps that uh, Vancouver were, were running were the better alternatives. A, their read was terrible. B, they weren't playing around their strength in not feeling Hacksaw and playing some, like, I'm sure he has a top, bro. Like, yeah, I'm so pretty sure he does. Um, of course, also, like, splurging money on a J-Hong and then not, like, having Stitch as your um, project, uh, as your second hitskin specialist is a bit of a, an oof. Um, I mean, to be fair, like, I don't, I don't expect J-Hong to, like, just ha- be able to, like, call upon, like, some sort of hitscan comparable to Stitch. Granted, again, no, no, I'm not my like a huge stitch. No, fan. no, my point is why do you splurge 
so much money that he's possibly the best paid over player in the Overwatch League. That's all? I, no, Jayon. Jayon. Jay okay. I couldn't When you tell don't you have why. a second serviceable... Okay, so it's, it's more of an allocation players. of budget rather yes. than who they spent the budget. Okay. Yes, that's nuts to me. That is actually completely yeah, it's, insane. It's very bizarre. Very, very strange. Um, Especially when, when your other heads can DPS a stitch who arrived washed in Overwatch League. Come yes. on, dude. And, and right. that's the narrative that I think we need to like actually put to bed. Statistically speaking, we were all wrong. Stitch is not good. He is painfully average. Yeah. Don't. I'm coming for you. Stitch apologists. Yes, he had a couple good games in contenders in many Apex seasons. He's a veteran player, so he has a very large pool to sample from. You are going to get good games from him, but by and large, he's not that yeah. good. Are there he's any not good at all. Was he ever who... good, Joe? No, we are, no. <laughs> we had leave revisiting. No. Did he, he... get outplayed by Eska? Definitely not. They, they probably, they probably. <laughs> okay, it's not going that wrong. far. Okay, okay, <laughs> we're not, we're not revising history. I see. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, yeah, not, not that bad. I think, <laughs> I think Runaway and and not to completely derail this into history, but I think Runaway had a way better read, and Esco was also put on a roll that he was not prepared for. But say la vie. So Stitch fans, I'm coming for you, and then the people who are going to attack Yiska on the fact or or the the loophole that you're like that your argument kind of presented was the argument that there shouldn't be meta diversity and having somebody rotate out of a meta is somehow a bad thing. I don't think that's a fair representation of what he was saying, what, what Yiska was arguing, mm -hmm. but I can already hear people like, Oh, well we saw, you know, X player get rotated out in goats. Like, why aren't you complaining then? Where's your consistency? It's, it's the frequency. No, no. Not the best players in the world exactly. were not rotated out. Exactly. That never happened. You look at Hoxall. Where did he go? He played Brig. In Double Shield, he played May. Why now is it that he's being rotated out for, you know, again, I don't think they've said anything publicly, but let's assume, let's hypothetically say, oh, it's for scrim reasons. Doesn't that seem a little strange? That seems strange to me. Seems very bizarre. Again, I think I could, I could, more aptly understand a world where the shock who have a very large breadth of very talented DPS players to rotate in and out. And they've done that before. We've seen Sinatra very pigeonholed into Doomfist last season. We've seen him, you know, not pigeonholed into Doomfist, but when he was rotated out in stage four, if I'm, if memory serves me, he was put on Doomfist on specific maps and there was a rotation being had. Whereas in, you know, previous to that stage one, stage two, stage three, he was, you know, mainstay on Zarya. I can understand that for shock. I still think it's a little weird, but you know, I, I trust Krusty enough. Titans on the other hand, little, little strange, very bizarre. I think there are plenty of heroes that Hoxal could play. Why isn't he playing them? And then again, this is a team that wants to do their own thing. At least I've shown that in the past. They ran dive when nobody else was running dive or very few people were running that specific essence of dive with the Genji. Why, why isn't that like their go-to then? Seems, seems very bizarre to me. I'll say that. So, yeah, and so there's, there has to be a thing. There has to be a conversation, right, about um, when, when a player doesn't see play, of course, there's always on, quote-unquote, on-the-field issues that you need to address, right? There's... They're not feeling well. 
they're not playing sure. well in this meta. And I think people have immediately gravitated to uh, this is just a, a week that isn't for Hacksaw. Uh, I, I struggle uh, with that. I, I find the that like top four comments on the, uh, the primary. Why isn't Hacksaw playing this week thread? And they're all I think relatively that's what we all want it to be. Bro. We all want bro. it to be that. I don't think it's that, though. Bro. I would pay good money and, and bet that Hoxall has a better McCree than Stitch. You, you know I'm a betting man. I would bet that he does as well. I would probably bet that this isn't for gameplay reasons. Me personally. Knowing nothing. I don't talk to anybody. If you know me, I know very little in terms of backstage stuff. I would put money on the fact that he's not playing. Because this isn't a meta for him. I would put money on that. I'll put my, my COVID insurance check that I'm getting from the government on that right now. My small amount. Jesus Christ. Nice. Wow. That's. And we do. I mean, we do know that there's a lot of. We were talking about this in our preseason rankings a little bit that uh, there's there are some challenging aspects to the organizational structure. That's a fantastic point. Hoover Titans. Thank you. Thank you. I that completely slipped my mind. Thank you for bringing that up. Continue. So I, I don't like when I go too far into because, again, this is this is speculation and we're we don't want to go yeah, into yeah, witch yeah. hunt mode. Right. Because that's not where we're no, about. No, of course. not. But we want to make sure that we bring up the fact that. Yes. You, if you're not raising an eyebrow and immediately go, oh, it just must not be their meta. A, it means that hero pools have put it in a position where you no longer can understand the game well enough to mm-hmm. to think critically about what else is going on. The game is too dynamic yeah. that yeah, there's not that level of consistency there that you don't even know who good players are from week to week. And I, yeah. I think to kind of one of uh original points, that's not a good thing. No. You might have more fun games to watch that week. You might have really enjoyed seeing right-clicking Somensu, uh, McCree, right? That that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, there's. You might enjoy that. that might have been uh, more fun for you and stuff. But mm. in the long term, there's some really dangerous um, precedents being set when the best players in the league. And again, we're gonna get back into. We're not gonna degrade into the argument of. What makes a player best and how do you weigh adapting into being that? But again, anybody who's watched Hacksaw over the years shouldn't have any doubt that yes. this was a week that they, sh- they should have been considered and adapted to. Yes. And there's a lot. So we're, yeah, I don't know. We're going to get flamed anyway. No, I, I, I think you're like, completely right. I, I would, I would utter the, I would echo the same sentiment. What word am I even trying to say there? I don't know. Regardless, these aren't players that were good last week and we're just touting as the best in the world. No, this is a player. These are two players that have been historically good, that have historically started. And now all of a sudden, they're not. A, not a good thing. You want these players to be on billboards. You want them to be the face of your league. You want them to be superstars. This unintentionally, let's say, has gotten in the way of that. Not a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the opposite side of that, we have to talk about how stressful trying to prepare for this is. Maybe, and again, my working theory, they've probably just gotten fed up with the game. They're very tired. They're probably burnt out of trying to prepare for this. Let's, let's, let's be brutally honest. And I'm not sure if Sinatra just said it. 
and hasn't delivered actually upon it in terms of its actual streaming hours. But nobody, like, there's, do the math, there's no way in the Overwatch League that you're a scrim participating and VOD review participating player and you're streaming 12 hours of Valorant. Unless you figure that out how to not sleep. That doesn't what was, work. What was that weird thing Hermione Granger had in Harry Potter that like put you in two places at once? Yeah. Any trivia yeah. folks out there? Unless he's got yeah. one of those, I don't maybe know. Maybe he's a twin. Yeah, maybe he's a twin. We we don't know. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's my, possible. My working theory, they need a break. They're they're time taking turner. a break. The time turner. Time turner. Beautiful. Unless he's unless he's got a time turner. That's actually a fantastic like. Thanks, chat, you bunch of nerds. Jeez. <laughs> they're a very useful resource yeah i mean and honestly so yeah the immediately like kind of thing that i go to is like you know all the adderall and stuff that everybody is kind of you know on anyway but even then you it doesn't mean you don't sleep <laughs> it means you sleep less yeah. than 12 hours mm. of that it's, and if um, that's the case then we've got large problems so, to address and again this is all a little bit we're we're not presenting any of this as fact. We're not presenting any no. of this as, as something. It, it's a conversation that we think uh, it, it, it is too immediately written off as not their week in hero pools. And uh, let's, let's think a little bit more critically than that sometimes. And you can, I mean, it doesn't change anything. Whether you come to a different conclusion or the same one, it doesn't change the actual reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't project that onto Hacksaw until you know anything. Don't go flaming the Vancouver Titans. Uh, but it does mean that, um, you know, you're able to kind of look at something, I think, a little bit more critically and with a, a deeper level of examination. No, no, to to your to your point, it's not completely the inverse and in saying that every player that isn't playing is because of personality or, or behavior issues. Right. I think it's probably somewhere in the middle saying the game has kind of mentally broken them and they need time to do something else because they they're just not in it their personality and their attitude has been affected by the game so it's column a and column b you know in the middle it's not it's not the meta has completely right wrote written players that have historically not been written out out Mm -hmm. which also doesn't make sense based on what heroes are being played or can be played this is probably one of the most creative times that you can decide to play some wonky stuff and get away with it but now all of a sudden they're not. I don't know. Again, it seems very weird. Yeah. It's also, I think Ants also said something, something, something slipped somewhere that he was like going to stream Valorant instead because it's not that fun or something like that. Uh, don't quote me on that. Uh, also, kind of worrying when he looks like one of the best DPS players in the. In looks the... great. Has a fan. He had a great showing against Gladiators. Came out, played well on Widow, came out, showed a great McCree. Yeah. Look and yeah. look at look at looking way like I think people assigned him to like the chipsa level where it's just like oh just a streamer like haha funny like Korean guy I don't know he's good like he's, he's, he's genuinely good chips is good too he's on Doomfist <laughs> and that's why I think people were like oh he's just like the Widowmaker version of chipsa it's like no actually he's seeing playtime and actually doing very well for himself yeah it's yeah it's it's an interesting time. <laughs> Uh, the, I think the big difference, you know, we, we've already talked about this. I, I think some people in chat have, have come a little bit later. Um, but mm. 
the we've we've talked about that the uh, San Francisco Shocks have such depth and breadth of heroes in hero pools, and they've shown that they can use them creatively to not only totally. give their players breaks, but give everybody a piece of the win. Hundred uh, percent. That seems understandable. I could I could give you a benefit of the doubt there, but the Titans the Titans are not that. I don't know about that that's, one. That's not what they're known for. That's not what they do. So he's, uh, there, there's a lot going on. Um, we're going to definitely watch it though and see and yeah. just see how the story is developing, how many more overwatch players Valorant will take. I was watching Linkser and Seagull and, uh, was it Muma? Linkser, Seagull, Zed, uh, Jake. I know Emong's been playing a lot. And yeah, Emong, I think that was their five stack that they were playing for a while. And it's just, mm. you know. It's uh there's there's a lot going on. Um oh. I think just in gaming in general. Totally. So uh we just have to keep watching it. Back to reviewing these games though. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We kind of got on that. To to say all that is to say, uh the the Vancouver Titans have definitely uh adapted and prepared the worst yes. for this. They had two games, one of which they should have both incredibly winnable. But they should have won both. They should have definitely won one. And for sure. They they end up walking away with one map win. Uh six and one. Not good. But let's talk about a squad that flipped the script, and that's the Houston Outlaws. Uh we've been talking about the Houston Outlaws have just been, you know, we were our, our patience was wearing thin on the show. But the Houston Outlaws now are four and six. That they are. They're they're coming on back. To be fair, they they beat the um, sort of the Boston Uprising and the Toronto Defiant. Not necessarily mm-hmm. the brightest uh, spots in the Atlantic oh. Division, but they they beat them and they did so. Um, I think fairly well. So, uh, Yiska, how do you think that Houston looked this week from the games you saw? Um, well. Okay, so uprising is uprising. There's there's really no fear in losing to them at the moment unless you're the washing justice. Um I I felt like there was a like the game against Toronto showed you just how different the new outlaws is from the old outlaws, mm. despite just having still some of the pieces um that were around before. Because mm. This is a team that is notoriously bad at game fives, right? Oh. Notoriously bad at doing reverse sweeps either. Um, there was, I think they only have two in franchise history. And like that was one of them. Sure. So to see them bring it back, it should just qualify, especially if they can do something like that again. And also just, I think the hero pool scores four and zero at the moment or something. Um, if I'm not entirely mistaken, let me check this real quick while I'm talking. Um, yeah, I think like great win, of course, not the most amazing opponents that they have mm. either. Like that's, um, it's, you can only beat what you get in front of you, right? Totally, but, of course. Uh, um, but the fact that they're beating teams that they should be beating should yes. kind of triage them to the point of 
OK, we've stabilized. I wouldn't I don't I, I, they're nearing like a gatekeeper team. They feel kind of like a London team where it's like, OK, if you can't beat this team, you're, you're not in discussion for being good. Mm. But that team itself is not good, a good team. They're, yeah. they're keeping you out from being considered good. I don't think yeah. they're bad. I also don't think they're good. They're somewhere in the middle trading against, you know, the, the, the middle pack teams, but they're also beating all clean, of the teams below them. But they're winning. Not clean, they want a, but they're winning. a map five, which is great. Houston Fantastic. fans uh, are naturally also, averse to uh, seeing Houston go to <laughs> one, one, I think. map five. Three and one. To their point against or versus Toronto, uh, John actually corrected me watching the match. They came in with like some sort of weird, you know, hardware issues. They didn't then have a scrim to prepare them, which caused that game to be way more frantic than it needed to be, which caused some mess. They still bounced back. Had the mentality intact to be able to finish in game five. I think that speaks volumes. So then com- to compare that to the, like the match score. You see a 3-2 match score against Toronto. You're like, wow, that, that's not good. But then you get the context of they had internet issues. They didn't have a, a warm-up scrim, so they came into this cold. They still finished game five. True. They're Very notoriously true. a bad team in game fives, and they finish. Very true. That's a great sign for this team. Yeah. So, again, props to them. Great sign for the future. Yeah um what else oh so let's we should probably just talk about this the philadelphia fusion uh carpe's four thousandth killing blow bad was bad player tor- by the way was a torbjorn turret kill he's so bad he couldn't even get the kill before the turret that uh washed give me stand washed. one please uh not worth not worth a three-year contract give me stand one yeah it was a turret kill uh Jesus. welcome to overwatch league a goof the uh the FPS where the guns shoot for you. Exactly. Bad players. Am I right? Picking fraudulent heroes. Great tracking though. Beautiful. Even the, yeah. uh, the reaction time too. Like, have you ever seen how quickly they flick Yeah. on the reaction time when like someone comes out of a door? You know, somebody show Kefri yes. that turret though. You know what I'm Sus- saying? I don't know. Yes. Suspect. Oh, point two five. Suspect. 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 That turret is sus. Yeah, sus is a new thing that I I hate. You don't like sus? I don't like sus. Very sus. I like sus. I like sus. I don't. I don't like sus at all. My uh, monkey brain enjoys sus. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was pretty crazy. But uh, congrats to Carpe on four thousand. And uh, yes, or I guess not really Carpe. Carpe's turret and also, Carpe's yeah. turret placement. I guess you can get decision. Uh, half point. A, it should be 3,999.5. Mm, half a kill. Half a kill. There let, you go. let me, let me posture this to you gentlemen. I think there's a clear front runner in the goat debate, but is profit nearing candidacy or is he already a candidate in your eyes? What are you talking? Wait, wait, wait. It's Carpe. I'm sorry. Did I say Profit? You said Profit. I think Profit was, is the front runner that I'm, I'm referencing. Yiska's, is Carpe There's like entering. a vein right here. This guy's got to win some shit before we can talk about that. You think? Yeah. You think you have to have a, a championship? Uh, it, and when the guy you're contending against clapped you on Volskaya while you were like 
and it became an Overwatch League all-time highlight, and you were one of the guys that couldn't stop it because they were losing the duel. You don't sure. think? Uh, yeah, you had it, the... you had it in your hands to win this. <laughs> you didn't. You got clapped by the goat. So do so, goat shit. No, 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 no. Like, again, I'm not saying he is the goat. I'm saying is he nearing goat candidacy? Could he be considered? Sure. You you think that sure. losing in the season one Overwatch League Grand Finals is not winning enough? Yeah, that, like look at profits, profits, uh, trophy case. Yeah, profits trophy case. I, is I mean, I, I understand. Fair. I understand that. But and I just it is say, because like, he hot carries, right? But it's to John's not, point, he also got to the grand finals. He got there. Yeah, with a yeah. team, a not super team. No. Yeah, he got there with Fraggy. Pretty not great team. He got there with Fraggy. No, Sato with, with Sato. Like Thir okay, thirty game ban Sato. Oh, oh yeah, I guess Sato did play on that, didn't he? Uh, but like, I, he, 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 he did with play, nuffs, but he didn't, nuffs, he didn't practice. He got there with nuffs. A, a meta <laughs> I'm so glad we're, we're comparing turns. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, so Look at this I, guy, not, lucky future. I think, think Profit is the GOAT. But I think oh, that of course. people... Of course. I, I think that... I, I don't know that the... It's it's really difficult to only compare accolades pre Overwatch League, and there's not a lot of accolades to get post Overwatch League. So winning becomes a really unattainable and very out of your control metric sure. uh, to 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 rely on. I think I think that it's something that should be considered always. And if you have a really great player on a team that's consistently losing, I think that mm -hmm. sure. But uh, the Philadelphia Fusion haven't been a consistently losing team. Not in season one and not in season three. They haven't been the best team, but they also aren't GC Busan and, uh, you know, whatever other one of these super teams they're, they're cr created from, from Apex. To a certain degree, goat shit is also picking the right teams. And picking pace... <laughs> Is not the right team, my dude. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, but is picking selfless the right the right goat shit move? Could have been. I mean, since, uh, yeah, I mean, he maybe. was trialing for that team again. Historically, if that team actually like solidified and maybe got sponsored, I think that team actually like changes changes a lot of history. So a lot of things are different if that that team like actually solidifies because then you have like Sinatra Carpe. Oh. Yeah. And know. let's not forget that Carpe was very silent last season, while Prophet definitely wasn't. Um, I mean, I think yeah. relatively, I don't totally hundred percent agree with that. Uh, yeah, like, I can't, okay. can't please can't qualify my my eyebrows <laughs> hurting. <laughs> can't do right? I think I think Philly as a team because they were playing in goats, like it's it's gonna be super difficult for him to look that's good. what i'm saying yeah it's <sighs> then sure i i, I can I see know. your point it's but just, it's tough to it's tough to argue otherwise it's like comparing two runners in a marathon and then reminding and then only using data where one of them broke their leg mm. like uh, why is profits like not broken by goats I, I think that he had a like a lot better supporting cast around him. 
slightly better. Sure, I would say, that's but yeah. true. Like they're def like they're just so equal know. in the teams they have around them, right? He had Fury. Yeah, it's a pretty good player. Who is not playing over Poco, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. You're right. It actually just. I don't even think it matters. I don't yeah, think it yeah. actually even matters. So the the original question is: Is Carpe uh, inserting I mean, himself into talk. The, the goat? I would. I think so. Conversation. It's the only one you can pair up with Prophet yeah. and say, "Okay, I, let's I, talk about it." That's the only person knocking on the door. I don't even think the door is open yet. He's knocking and then on. Huxal is just like coming, but was kind of barred from from entry due to he slipped and fell down a little bit. Like but. he, of course, also like one contenders has been around for mm-hmm. such a long time, longer than profits and uh, not Carpe, but Carpe also wasn't winning anything or getting close to anything meaningful um, in his pre Overwatch League career. And then um, Huxtel has just been around for so long. Yeah. And then also just like uh, played phenomenal on a lot of picks um, over the over the history of the game, so I think Huxa would be the next in line. Um, and Sinatra, I see a lot of you names. would have to look at. You see a lot of names kind of flowing around in chat. Chat, you, you guys have to realize that it's not who looks good, it's who looks good over years. Yeah. And it's not even good, it's like championship Phenomenal. caliber. Yeah, just like transcendent elite. Yes. Arguably like doesn't matter which meta he's playing or they're playing in. They find a way. Yeah, and there's now Carpe, really now Carpe can show a Torb and can clutch do some goat, some goat on Torb. Yeah, come on, man. We'll He's knocking this. on that door. We do have some exciting younger players entering into the arena now, too. Right? Who like? We're obviously they're not in the discussion for uh, uh, goat anytime. At least soon. not yet. Yeah. Anytime soon. But saying that you know you do have Sparkle. You do have mm-hmm. uh, Glister. You do have. I might get for it, but like you do have Xy, who you know, like if he can get on a really good team, like who knows mm-hmm. what that might unlock in him. Um, there's sure. uh, there's a lot of fun new players, and we're we're kind of seeing. We've already seen. I think you could largely say we've seen uh, a big chunk of the old guard. Leave Overwatch League, and there are some still left. To be fair, but yep. we're we're also seeing a brand new generation of Overwatch League player, uh, or just competitive Overwatch player. Games mm-hmm. coming out on four years old, right? Coming up on five. Yep. Like I believe, yeah. Seventeen year olds are now twenty two, or coming up on twenty two. Mm. Yep. yep. <laughs> That's how quick this goes in a flash. Yeah. And next year we're gonna get some some absolute. Monsters coming in. I think Mag becomes of age. I think Muse becomes of age. Shy, my guy from China, comes of age. Get some nice rookies next year too. Propa is still underage then, right? Uh, I'll look. Yeah, Propa would be yeah. someone else. Nice is definitely someone else that's coming in. Yeah, but I swear to God, like Nice is per- like perpetually twelve. Uh, <laughs> proper is sixteen, so you got to wait a little bit longer. Okay, yeah. Unlucky. Yep. Sugar free as well. Like somebody who's also perpetually like ten years old in my mind. Yeah. And perpetually yeah. gone from Overwatch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. Any other thoughts on the games this week? 
Um, I mean, are we not going to talk about how I was right once again with Chengdu and Titans? Uh, no, I, we kind of talk about no. it. No, music is like, already playing. That's true. Already that playing. is true. <laughs> I did, I did do you dirty like that last week. So okay, we'll take that. We'll take that. I had to, had to sneak in a jab though. I had to sneak sneak one in. I mean, did Chengdu win that one or did Vancouver lose that one? I'm just saying, Chengdu got the W. Titans taking that L. Please answer the question with this man posed to you. I I would say that Chengdu won that game. Oh my god. You could have played Hawks Why didn't you play Hawks Why did I ask? Why didn't you play expect any other Why why wasn't Hawks playing? I don't know. Not my decision. Because Lee was playing. Jinmu was playing. He was scared of Jinmu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Come on. That's the real Clip that one, chat. You heard it here first. Clip that one. Yeah. Put that one on Cal. Is Huxall also afraid of color hex? Is Huxall afraid of color hex? He might be. He should be. How about that Leaf boy? Also not a great player. We'll take that L. I'll take that L (laughs) if I can take this W. You can take that W. I also... That boy is deeply sad that... He ran it up mid. The best best team in my mind, or the potentially best team of last season, if things work differently, is now one of the worst teams of the season. And well, I don't know. Once again, not uh, one. Yeah, I think think one of the worst Washington. I think Washington would have been a competitive matchup against Titans this weekend. It was this bad. No. Yes. Yes. They were this this bad. Yes. I don't think from meta reads to coordination to who they fielded. Dude, stitch, man. I mean, yeah, but. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to, to sell all the stocks. Can can you imagine what what Corey would have done to Stitch? I mean, sure. But I mean, I don't Come think on. they're that dumb to be like, I don't know, guys, this Corey guy, I don't think he's very good. We've gone on record saying he's apparently one of the best DPS players, so we're just not going to mark him. They're dumb enough to lose to against, against Shungo <laughs> in this meta, so who knows? Jeez, <laughs> okay, no okay. all right. Time out, time out, time to go. <laughs> Chat, thanks for hanging out with us for this one. Hope you had fun. It was uh, it was a pretty good time. Um, how long before Fissure retires again? <laughs> good question. Roll the uh, dice. Yeah. Um, yep, can't blame it on bumper feeding either. True. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Hope you True. enjoyed it. Uh, if you do like the show, go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch. It's a great way to support um, creators right now. If it's not us, other people. Um if you are blessed in the uh, the situation that is COVID-19 right now and have the ability to support your favorite creators, not necessarily even us, just your favorite creators in general who are going from uh, month to month creating content for you, uh, definitely do support them. For us, you can go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch. And a big thank you to our patron producers, Battlecrab Pin Lotion, Charlie L, Audio Compass, Pork Chop Sammy, Kasha67, Coochie Kopi, Salsa Boy 91, Shara, and Picasso. That was someone do a TikTok on that rap. That was a fire. There we go. That was what the kids that. called a fire. Uh, a fire. We we do have two new patrons. Uh Picasso, who upgraded to a patron producer. Thank you so much. And <sighs> Patricia. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing so. Uh, no new five-star iTunes reviews. If you still want to support the show, but you can't financially, a great thing that you can do is just go to iTunes, create an account, or log in with your iTunes account, and leave a five-star review and a little message, and then it'll show up, and we'll thank you on the next show. It really helps uh, get us 
uh, higher up when people search for Overwatch podcasts and Overwatch League podcasts. Helps us be one of the first recommended. So if you think we should be, go leave a five-star review. Um, other than that, uh, no other shout-outs for the week. We've got the preview show, on, or sorry, yeah, the week 11 preview show Wednesday at noon Pacific time at twitch.tv slash kicktripod. And then you also have a bonus episode on Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific with Curry Shot of the LA Gladiators. He's going to come on and talk about the season so far, Hero Pools, and the rest of that. You can also find our Valorant podcast on Fridays at noon Pacific time at twitch.tv slash kicktripod. Or go subscribe. Please go subscribe to our YouTube you or bit.ly slash spike drop yt. Uh, we're trying to get up, get those subscriber counts up so we can uh, show up earlier and faster, get that cosmetic URL and all that other stuff. So, would really appreciate all of that. Um, as for me, shout outs for the week. Uh, you can find me everywhere at kick tripod, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube. It's all there. Kicked tripod is where you can find me. Joe, shout outs for the week, and where can people find you? As always, you can find me on the socials at Volamel. That's V-O-L-A-M-E-L. Um, writing some Valorant content today. Um, probably going to be playing a little bit of Valorant. And then possibly we'll be looking for some interesting themes going into week 11. Um, we'll have to see. I'm definitely going to be looking at uh, maybe some of the Asia games on Saturday and Sunday and, and looking at, you know, might be uh who might be sticking out might review some shanghai games i don't know i haven't decided what exactly i'm gonna do with overwatch yet but valorant content is a flow in an overwatch we'll we'll figure out i have some i have some stuff stored up so we'll have to see off the pick cool uh yusuke what about you shout outs for the week and where can people find you um shout out to the fellow sufferers through these trying times i hope you're uh holding up and uh Whatever situation you're in, um, like Germany's apparently thinking about like trying to get go a little bit cooler on the on the whole quarantine thing, so or isolation thing. We'll see how that develops. So, um, other than that, as always, GG Recon is where I post my stuff. Also, going to uh, probably do one Overwatch piece, one Valorant piece this week, and then whatever comes up, just like going to you know, like uh, double track drift um, towards both of these game, uh, teams, uh, games, esports scenes, and then just see what develops. Awesome. Um, cool. Well, that's going to do it for us. We're not going to do a uh, post show today. Uh, so I do want to take a quick mm -hmm. second and thank It's Giang for the sub during the show. Appreciate you a ton. Uh, we're not going to do a post show because we're actually going to host Dream, who if you're listening to this live, you're going to be hosted. We're going to host Dream. If you're not listening to it live, go to Dream underscore Overwatch on Twitch and watch his VOD. He's reviewing the yes. Houston Outlaws matches, and it's going to be really cool. And he's so, not pulling punches, so you know you might get a little little juice, a little bit, of, uh, a little bit of cheddar, a little mustard on the hot dog. We need to get Dream on the show soon because he, uh, yes. he will uh, tell you, like, he feels it is that he will do. All right. Chat, thank you for uh, tuning in again. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We're going to get out of here. This has been episode 90. We'll be back for 91 on Wednesday. Bye.